today on It's Time. People say, well, true might be true to you. Well, you can believe that driving into a brick wall at 100 miles an hour isn't going to hurt you. But the truth is it will kill you. Well, it may kill you, but it won't kill me. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. Verse 12, then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering, sacrifices to God. Aaron came with him and all the elders of Israel to eat the bread which Moses' father-in-law before the Lord. And so it was on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood before Moses from the morning until evening. Now, it's interesting here that after this great uh, revelation, all the people begin to come to Moses. Now, you got to remember, there's about a million uh, people that came out of Egypt. Some put it between one and three million. A lot of people. Moses is the only one that was recognized by the people of having any authority at all. So if you have a problem, you got to go see Mo. Yeah, he took my axe or, you know, he took my tent or, or, you know, hey, my, my goat wandered over into his tent and now he thinks it's his goat. Mo, what do we do? So Moses is using God's law, God's wisdom in deciphering what's good and what's bad. Now here, friends, again, is an important issue in our society today. Because a person knows God, the Spirit of God dwells within you and gives you an understanding of what's right and wrong. Have you noticed that God is not in our society and we no longer know what is right from wrong anymore? That's why that's why it's important that we know who God is. Because it isn't just that I know God, but that when we say I know God, God knows us. And it's not just a, oh, uh, I talked to you far off somewhere, God, wherever you're hanging out there beyond the stars. God says, no. As a matter of fact, I will come and live inside of you. And we have a sense then of God's presence in our life so that we know what is acceptable and unacceptable to God. The nation of Israel, as we have studied already, even though they came out of Egypt, Egypt didn't come out of them. And they were murmuring and complaining. Um, I, I, I often think Moses should have had a band, went on tour called Moses and the Bellyachers, because they were always complaining as they were, no matter what they did. Though they were with someone who knew God, they didn't know God. And because of that, they couldn't discern amongst simple things to know what's right and what is wrong. And so it was, Moses sat to judge the people. And here they all start lining up to to solve their problems. 
Now, this tells me there's going to be problems, whether you were in days of Moses or today. But we know that, again, God is the one that gives us the wisdom to work through it. And so he says here, on the next day, well, verse 14, so it was Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people. And he said, this thing that you are doing for the people, what is this? Why do you sit alone and the people stand before you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. And when there is a difficulty, they come to me and I judge between one and another and I make known the statutes of God and his laws. So Moses, his father-in-law said to him, the thing which you are doing is not good. Whoa. Now, look at this. God just used Moses in a great and mighty way. God just used Moses to bring clarity to Jethro who God really is. Jethro, looking at Moses now, looks at him and he sees all these people line up and all Moses does all day long from morning till evening is say, next, okay, what's happened? He took my goat, okay, give him his goat back, okay, next. And this is all he did. And Jethro said, what you're doing is not good. Now, what does that tell you? First of all, just because we're believers in God doesn't mean we can't err. And I think that's important to remember. Number two, some things that are very clear to others are not clear to us. Thank God for the body of Christ. Again, it's more than just, you know, um, um, uh, you know a friendship thing. But it's that we, we actually can learn from one another. Now, remember, God used Moses in this great and mighty way to stand up to Pharaoh to, to deliver the children of Israel. And then Jethro comes along, you might say a new believer, or at least a corrected believer, and says to Moses, what you're doing isn't good. Why is that? Because you see, Moses was taking on too much on himself. You know, the Bible says that we're the family of God and we need to rely on the family of God. Moses is doing it all. And instead, and what I really liked about this, and you're going to read this here in the next few verses. Moses didn't look at Jethro and say, Jethro, why don't you just go back and leave me alone? I, 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 I'm fine. I'm doing okay here. Just shut up. All right. But what's amazing, he listened to what his father-in-law said. Now you say, well, why is that important? Because I don't care how great God will use a person, use you, your successes, all the things that God has brought you through. Remember, we're never beyond the place of the ability to learn. The Bible says that Moses was the meekest man that lived. But meek doesn't mean weak. Meek means he was still able to be taught. Not only by God, but by others as well. Oftentimes, success goes to people's heads. Hey, I'm the head kahuna. I don't got to listen to anybody else. 
This is a dangerous place to be. And many famous people have hit the dirt because they fail to realize you still need others' input because you can't see it all yourself. Now, we have other words for it today. In our society, we use the word intervention. Well, this person's really got a drug problem, and they don't know they got a drug problem. Hey, dude, why don't you come over tonight for a cup of coffee? Okay, so he comes over, and he walks into a room filled with people that say, you're a bozo. No, I mean, that's kind of the, kind of what it is. They, they get the guy there, and they surprise him because it's not a cup of coffee. It's an intervention where everybody's going to rapid fire down on him and basically say, well, we love you, but here's some issues that you need to deal with in your life. The ability to learn, friends, is not something you get to a certain age or a certain success level, and you don't need to learn anymore. I think a lot of people have that happens in their Christian experience. I believe they go, well, God's given me these victories. I'm good. I'm good to go. Hey, listen, that's just the beginning of what God endeavors to show us the rest of our life. And so he said, the things that you're doing are not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you, and you are not able to perform it by yourself. It's too much for you. You know, sometimes you want to listen to others. Sometimes if they say, hey, this is getting a little bit overwhelming here, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I still believe ultimately you got to go to God and find out what God has to say about it. But don't discount what others may say. Now, yes, it is true. Some people are extremely critical. They find nothing good that you do. They don't even see the great things that God has done in your life. And they are basically hypercritical. And you want to be very careful of those kind of people because they have an agenda. They've got a a sinister uh, line in the background that they're trying to do. But when you find somebody that genuinely cares about you, and right by the way, remember this in the Bible, even when Jesus, the Apostle Paul, would address people, he would first list the good things that they did to take them off of the defense. I know your works. I know how you do this. I know how you do this. But I have this against you, as Jesus would say in Revelations 2 and 3 to the churches. He would recognize what they did, but I got some corrective advice for you here. And this is what Paul did. And actually for Jesus, it's not advice. It was a command. But when we look at it, we realize that we have to be sensitive and listen, because again, there is more than our perspective of life. There's God's. And so he says, listen now to my voice. Verse 19, and I will give you counsel that God will be with you Stand before God for the people so you may being, uh, bring the difficulties to God. Oh, now there it is. Bring the difficulties to God. You've been bringing them to me, a man, but I want to reprogram you all to think I want you to bring your problem to God. I like that. Now, again, because when we realize that we're just a passing through, 
God may give us wisdom or whatever, but ultimately we need to bring our problems, our difficulties to God. Verse 20. And you shall teach them the statutes and laws and show them the way in which they must walk with the work they must do. Why is that? Then they can determine what's right and wrong. Now, isn't it funny today that is lacking in our society? Good isn't all that good. Bad isn't all that bad. It's how you look at it. Well, what's right for you might be right for you, and that's good, but it might be wrong for me. This is called relativism. It's taught in our schools. The problem is it's a lie. There is absolutes. There is right and wrong. There is what God will bless and what God will punish. And so the problem is today is that we find relativism has replaced truth. And truth is what you need to live on because truth always is standard. People say, well, true might be true to you. Well, you can believe that driving into a brick wall at 100 miles an hour isn't going to hurt you. But the truth is it will kill you. Well, it may kill you, but it won't kill me. Oh, really? This is the danger of relativism. And so this is one of the great problems. So he's saying, if you teach them God's law, if you teach them what the Bible's got to say, they'll be able to make the decisions. They will go back to the ability to think, not what to think. You see, this replaces modernism in our schools, in our churches today. And you shall teach them the statutes, the laws, and show them the way that they must walk and the work they must do. Moreover, you shall select from all of the people, and this is a list of qualifications for the men. Now, I think this is really important because here Jethro is saying, these are the people you want in charge. Now, you got to look at that, and you got to think about it for a minute. If you're a woman, these are the things that you want in charge concerning a man that you'll marry. If you're in business, these are the things you want to look for in people to help you accomplish what your business is. These are attributes that will help you do a better job in whatever it is that you're called to do. So if you're in a managerial position, these are going to help you. If you're in a friendship situation, these are what you want to look for for friends. If you're in a dating situation, and you'd have to modify it just a little bit, because if you're a man looking for a wife or a wife looking for a, a woman looking for a husband... But these are the qualities or the attributes that you have to have. Notice what he says. Moreover, this is Jethro telling Moses, these are the people you need to break down your headship into delegating it authority-wise into others. The first thing you want to find is able men. You want to find people with ability. Now, the way you find people with ability is by talking to them. You want to find out where they're coming from. What turns them on? What lights the fire? What what causes them to get up in the morning? Why do you put your shoes on? All those things. That's what motivates people sometimes. Well, I'm just here to, uh, you know, like get a paycheck, you know, dude. Oh, I wouldn't promote that guy. 
If you want to promote somebody, you want to say, hey, you're able because you get it. You get what we're doing here. First thing, ability. The second thing he says, able men such as fear God. Wow. So we have able people, and then we have people that recognize God in their life. Do you know why it's important to recognize, have employees or people in position that recognize God? Because if they're really, if they really recognize God, they're not going to be embezzling from you. If they really love God, they're going to be doing what's best for what you pointed them to do. In other words, they're not going to be lying to you. They're not going to be cheating from you. They're not going to be telling you you've got, oh, hey, I'm in the company's doing great. We got 300,000 in the bank when really you got 100,000 in arrears. And you as, a, as an owner or whatever going, okay, you know, whatever. They don't fear God. So ability and the recognition that God is observing everything that they're doing. Friends, again, when it comes to a spouse, that's what you want. When it comes to business partners, that's what you want. So he says, able men such as fear God, the next part here, men of truth. So there is the underlying part of this that says that they're a person of their word. They're they're truthful. Now, again, those are ingredients that make a good man or a good woman. And when we leave these attributes out of our life, we're going to be imbalanced. Notice the next, hating covetousness. Covetousness. I want what you got, and I'll get it. I want your position, boss. So if I can stab you in the back to get what I want. See, these are all issues. So you have basically the four, I'll just reread them. Ability, fear God, truth, and hate covetousness. Those are important elements in finding people that you would put in authority. And place such over them to be rulers of the thousands, rulers of the hundreds, rulers of the fifties, and rulers of the tens. He's setting up here, this is the way it trickles down. This is the way true government should work. Moses, it's too big for you. What you're doing is not good. It's going to wear you out. It's going to destroy you. It's going to destroy your family life too. So you need to delegate and get this. But who you delegate to is just as important as delegating it. Finding those people that will truly watch out for your best interests. Ladies, guys, listen, when it comes to spouses, you want somebody that you know has got your very best interest at heart. Otherwise, they're going to be using you. And this is the problems that we find today. See, that's what I said earlier. Well, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. That is the messed up philosophy of the world. Rather than looking for what God says is a person of value. Verse 22, so once you establish this, the rulers over the thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, and let them judge the people at all times, then it will be that every great matter that they shall bring to you, but the small matter 
They themselves will judge, so it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden for you. And if you do this thing, whoa. So Jethro is saying to Moses now, so if you listen to what I'm telling you, if you'll do this thing, it's going to go well. Is Moses teachable? Now again, Moses was a great leader. And the reason why I look at this is Moses, after seeing the power of God, standing before Pharaoh, all the things that God used him, Jethro, get out of here. I'm the head chess here. Shut up when I, when you, you know, I, I, when I want your opinion, I'll ask for it. He didn't do that. Notice it says. So Moses, well, let me back up here. For if you do this thing, God so commands you, then you will be able to endure and all the people will go to their place in peace. So Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. And Moses chose able men out of all of Israel and then made them heads over the people, over the hundred, over the thousands, over the hundreds, over the fifties, over the tens. And so they judged the people at all times and heard their cases and brought them to Moses, but they judged every small case themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way to his own land. Wow. God just brought Jethro out of nowhere, brought back Zephora, his two sons. Moses ministered to him, but then Jethro ministered to Moses. It's the way God works. You don't ever give that you don't receive. And that's one of the principles and the law of reciprocity that we find in the Bible. Jesus used that illustration over and over again. You go out and plant a a corn in the dirt out here. Harvest time, you don't get one kernel of corn back. You get three years on 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 a corn stock and lots of little kernels. That's the way it works. Whatever we sow, we reap. We need to be mindful of what we do. Remember, what God has done for you stands as an ongoing testimony of the power of God that will change people's thoughts of who God is to the true and living God. And then as God does this, God will use them oftentimes to minister to you in your life. Understanding that God has a principle. God has a purpose. God has an outline. And I realize that we can be um, excited about other things. But the thing is, we won't grow spiritually and we won't mature spiritually if we don't do what God says to do. Moses was a wise man. He listened to what Jethro said. And it took the burden off of Moses, freed him up to once again be the great leader of the people of Israel this morning. If you're not a Christian, you're doing it all yourself. Your life is designed around you. You're in your own reality. God comes along and says, but what does it profit you if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? 
So the Bible says that if we'll confess our sins, that means living life our way to define life my way and listen to somebody else saying, listen, you're on the wrong road. God then says, I will change your life and give you an eternal reward and eternal life. It's up to you. This is what we all do. But God's word stands true, always will. Now, I got to tell you, I look at a lot of things in my life, and I look at this as corrective internal behavior. And I look at this and I go, wow, God, you know, you're pretty smart. what, What you say is true, and I can see how it's true, so help me be more like you. God will do that if we'll let him. This morning, if you're not born again, and you're saying, I don't want to live another 10 years like I've just had, or another five years like I've just had, I invite you to pray today. And we're going to pray, and you can ask Christ to come into your life. And then you open yourself up to God ministering to you, bringing in those things into your life that will cause you to grow, and he'll take out of those things out of your life that are causing you to be held back from what he wants to do for you. So we're going to pray right now, and you can ask the Lord to come in your life. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name this morning. And I believe that you died on the cross for me. And your blood covered my sins. And I'm sorry for the foolish way that I've lived. I want to be able to receive from you. I want you to talk to me in my heart. And encourage me each day. I ask you from this day forward that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. That you empower me to be about your will. So that, Lord, I can help others and I can be a blessing to you. So thank you for eternal life. May I spend eternity with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that welcome to God's family. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.